0: Is I love the, ch- the ability to choose which customers you want mm-hmm. and marketing just allows some people to be a little bit more uh, selective. A
1: healthy company, when you look at all the commissions paid out, you want that less than 12% of the gross. The 10-50-50 split is really only effective when you're chasing storms.
0: Hey, how's it going? It's Tim Brown and this is the Hook Better Leads Podcast. And today I have Jessica Stahl of Ignite Results. How you doing, Jessica?
1: I'm doing awesome. We're here at the Atlas event yeah, and it's such cool energy here and lots of awesome contractors.
0: Tampa, so we've got the view of the pirate ship out here. We're at the, the stadium where the Bucks play, so that's super fun.
1: Yeah, I feel official today.
0: In the game of roofing, <laughs> uh, a lot of people are getting one particular play wrong in your perspective. Mm-hmm. It's the commission structure. So right. why is the 10 50 split broken? and how can people do it better? That's what we're gonna be talking about today. Can you give a one minute background of your, you know, your experience and why you're doing what you're doing now?
1: Sure, yeah, so, I mean, everyone asks, like, why you get into roofing, but I say it's kind of like the mafia. So, like, once you're (laughs) in, you're in, and my family's owned a super successful roofing company for the past 12 years, Um, and the reason I'm passionate about helping contractors is I've seen, like, how we almost tanked the company with how we ran the sales team.
0: Mm. So I know that you help with a lot of stuff. You help with like recruiting and like culture and leadership Mm -hmm. and you do a lot of consulting with roofing business owners around the country. Yeah. So you get to see a lot of stuff.
1: Yes. I've worked with, uh, I think it's 38 roofing mm. companies in the past three years.
0: And generally fairly successful ones.
1: Yes. Yeah. So we're thinking like 30, even $85 million companies Um, and some smaller companies too. So, I mean, I think it's, we have two different ways we work with contractors, like in a three month sprint, really getting it, like starting out new companies to start it out right. Mm -hmm. And then bigger contractors when we have to go back and redo everything.
0: Yeah, that's gotta be (laughs) tough. So this 10-50-50 split, why are you so passionate about helping people understand why this won't work in some situations? So what is, is the 10-50-50 split still fine? for some roofers or do you really believe that it should be not used?
1: Yeah, so the 10 50 split is really only effective when you're chasing storms. So when you have any type of like retail or one location where you're dumping marketing into, then that's simply not going to work. Mm-hmm. So I mean the 10 50 split, everyone's like why are we doing special math? So what that means is that after materials and laborers, let's just say we have a $10,000 job. So typically materials and labor, that's gonna be about 60% gone. So now we're left at like a 40% profit margin on the job. Then we take an additional 10% off the top of that and then split it between the company. And that's supposed
0: to be overhead, the 10?
1: Right, 10% of overhead and then 50% to the salesperson person and fifty. So that's assuming
0: your company has ten percent only overhead. Is that? That's the,
1: assuming that. Which is
0: quite an assumption.
1: So, th- so the reason it was built like that is in storm markets because yep. you have no marketing costs. There's no trucks going, being shelled out to people. Um, there's no benefits. There's no culture activities. There's no quality control people in a storm market. Mm-hmm. So, it really, is like ten percent overhead of putting ten guys in a, one hotel room. And so I guess the real question
0: light. is, if you look at your overhead, and the overhead right. includes marketing, right, mm-hmm. is it only 10%? I've never seen it 10%. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I, seen
1: that. Yeah,
0: it's, it, that's quite the accomplishment, first of all, but in a way it's not. Like, because I, I think that there's so many things that are, you know, over, people always think of overhead as bad, mm-hmm. but overhead would also include... Like you're talking about trucks, you're talking about like anything you do for the culture of the company, mm-hmm. anything you do for like training, really. Mm-hmm. That would be that would count as overhead. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah. is is that how you feel? Is that, like, it, you really want it to be as small as possible? I think so. Uh, a major kind of publication on profit and margins, and stuff like that, was talking about it's generally between like 15 and 25 for a lot of roofers. The overhead mm-hmm. um, is that the same in your like, have, where are you seeing it at on average, actually, out in the field? Yeah,
1: so um, as low as 12, okay. so 12 to 17.
0: Well, good on you, yeah, 12 to, okay. And you do work with a little bit more Storm stuff on average, or? you're No, work I work with, work both? with yeah. both, Okay.
1: Um, yeah, Okay. so. But I mean, some of my companies, their marketing costs aren't as much because they're doing more like grassroots in the community yeah. and some radio stuff.
0: Yeah, and I, like, realistically, that I kind of know, like, there's that startup phase where you have to kind of push on marketing, and then once you, especially if you go past 30, mm-hmm. a lot of times you do get this momentum, especially, like, 10-year, 20-year companies. Mm-hmm. It's referrals, it's reputation. Right. I understand, I do understand that that's sometimes different, you know. Um, what I, you know what, I won't go into lead gen. <laughs> this, is, this is called hook better leads but I, I love the I love the uh, I'll briefly state it which is I love the ch- the ability to choose which customers you want mm-hmm. and marketing just allows some people to be a little bit more uh, selective and profitable on mm-hmm. jobs because I think like sometimes what happens with referrals is people get a little bit I got to take this. We got to take every referral and it's not
1: you know, if it's yeah, it's not a profitable
0: job. You it's, don't have to take it.
1: It's the same with recruiting. Yeah. Like with great recruiting you get more selection of who you want to work for you
0: yeah exactly like if you're in a bind you're like the next guy who walks in the door we're
1: we call it warm body recruiting
0: (laughs) and it's like man i'm sure some of the the companies that you're working with that are very successful at this like they sort through a lot of applicants and that's Mm -hmm. really tiring and it's nice to have help Mm -hmm. but like we go through like 70 for every person we hire yeah. So it's like, I'm not saying you gotta go through 70, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of people that we're sorting through and a lot of layers of people. You know, mm-hmm. Definitely more than one uh, interview.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know what you suggest on that for roofing companies. I, I know this yeah. is off the main topic of 10, 50, 50, but how how many interviews do you suggest?
1: Yeah, you're usually gonna hire one out of 10, Yeah. but you're not gonna bring 10 people into the office. Yeah. That's like screening. So you're gonna have like a lot of 15 minute phone screens. Mm-hmm. So that's going to save you a, a ton of time. And you don't just say, all right, we're setting up ten hours worth of interviews and think that, you know, two or three might show up. So that's like completely I wrong. think it,
0: This actually does weirdly go with ten, fifty, fifty split because if you're do not doing that, if you're doing the model where you account for more overhead and you're giving your people more, right? You give mm-hmm. them a truck, you give mm-hmm. them an iPad, all that stuff or mm-hmm. whatever they're using, then you actually do need to filter more, right? right. Cuz that's a cost. That's a big cost. It's expensive. Right. right. To one find them, but also two like you're giving the, you're enabling them a ton. So that's the, that's what I feel like you're saying is mm-hmm. why it's broken. Can you right. tell me more about like what you'd suggest instead
1: of of a 105050? Yeah. yeah. Um so I think the reason why that's not working we should talk about that just for a minute um, yeah. is kind of like what you said is that the, in order to get like the best talent that's going to represent your, your brand the best, mm-hmm. you have to provide those incentives. Um, and I don't think we should be going after the recycled 1099 pool because that's what's happening. Mm-hmm. We'll take people from different trades, put them in. Let's make them a sales rep. And I like going after professional people. Mm -hmm. So with a stable job history um, and those type of people, they want a a couple things out of a company. They want purpose and they want development. So you need to be investing in the culture, doing regular activities and you need some type of training. You need leadership development. Those are why people come to a company and those are why the people will stay. So we think about why people leave, it's bad leadership. It's not the pay. So if you have, if you don't, if you're paying people a lot of money, and your culture and your training sucks, you're just gonna have underperformers that are fat and happy at your company.
0: Yeah, it's wild to me how many roofing salespeople are making one hundred thirty dollars to $200,000 and like they're kind of annoyed still somehow mm-hmm. with the company and it's like, how? I mean, I'm sorry, but, if, and I know how, but, and we'll talk about yeah, it. Lead like you're, ta- you're already <laughs> talking about it, but there's this element of like, I am, Yes, I'm making a lot of money, but there's an entitlement that comes with Mm -hmm. that. We start to think that our company owes us this and owes us that, and and frankly, it kind of does. Like you've now made a hundred and fifty thousand dollars salesperson. Guess what? A hundred and fifty thousand dollars salesperson wants more than money. Mm -hmm. Right? They want they want the culture that you're talking about. They want an actual strong leader. Mm-hmm. Not a whimpering one, not a toxic sales culture. And I know it's hard. I know it's super hard. Like, I have a company, like, in a good chunk of people, and I, there's some people that have bad attitudes, and it's frustrating. But, like, how how can they offer them more of than money in this situation? Because ultimately, if we change this commission structure, mm-hmm. you're going to have to offer more of than money.
1: Right, exactly. You,
0: and you might have some turnover.
1: Yes. So, I mean, that is, you know, one thing to think about. if Like, so, if it's not a 10-50-50, then what is it instead? Mm -hmm. I like paying off the gross. That's what I recommend. Pay off the gross. It's so much easier for people to comprehend. Mm -hmm. So, because we're asking people with learning disabilities and ADHD to now do special math on every job that they sell. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's not
0: offensive because I have ADHD probably. Do you have ADHD?
1: I mean, we'll see. You seem like
0: you might have a little something. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, I know I've got something. I don't know if we're gonna call it ADHD. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure so. there's. I'm sure there's something, some, <laughs> some uh, eccentricity there.
0: Yeah. Contractors love the catch-all because it makes every single one of their roof builds easier and more profitable. Protective netting wraps facade and landscaping to prevent from left behind nails and damage. Homeowner referrals bring you more jobs and insurance supplements bring you more profits. But my favorite part, the branding. Well, talk to me about like, what percentage of gross then? Like what would you suggest? Yeah,
1: so a healthy company when you look at all the commissions paid out, you want that less than 12% of the gross. Mm-hmm. So that's how you know if your company is successful, that you've only you've paid 12% or less of the money that you've made to commissions. Mm-hmm. So that's the mark of success. So that's how we know. So however we need to get there, um, I like starting people. What would you do
0: if you had a company?
1: Like I'm going to start people off at 7% okay. of the gross. Gotcha. So the reason I do that is so that I have enough money to give the person training them an override. So mm. if you start people out at 10%, like a new sales rep, they can't handle a job by themselves. So now you're providing an override for a trainer to go in and trade them mm. or a sales manager. And you're not accounting for any extra money you're going to have to pay out. Yeah. So you're already in the hole for every new person.
0: Why is that better for retail? Because you said the 1050 50 could work in storm. Do mm-hmm. you still not suggest it in the storm, or is that fine? I, mean, it's fine?
1: I think it's okay. It's hard
0: when you got both, right? It's like, oh, then we can't do any. Well, retail. I mean,
1: you think about okay, so like a storm, storm chasing, yeah, ten fifty okay. fifty, not insurance work. Like insurance work still falls under the seven percent, eight percent of the gross.
0: Gotcha, Okay. Yeah,
1: retail and insurance work are following, falling under the gross.
0: So simple math, but then you got to figure out, you got to do your math better to be profitable, like because somebody could just run out and start doing twelve percent. It doesn't mean that's gonna work, right? Because. Right. You might be overpaying for stuff, Mm -hmm. overhead, marketing, whatever. You could be over, over, spending.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's why you have to be be really clear on your P and L statement, Mm -hmm. like what's actually going on. Um, But definitely starting people out like seven, maybe eight percent. Then when they hit like their two, their first two hundred and fifty thousand, then they get a bump to nine percent. Then when they hit half a million, they're getting a bump to the ten percent.
0: I like the carrots built in. Good.
1: Right, So that's why we call it a career path. So you're starting as a sales rep. Then you're going to senior sales rep. Then you're going to elite sales rep. So each time you're getting a new commission, you're getting a new title. Mm. So that's going to come with, oh, I didn't just hit this mark. There's, They've got to be like past a certain level of training, a certain level of like knowledge test. Their paperwork can't be set up. there can't be messed up. Mm -hmm. so you're giving a new title with new responsibility
0: Mm.
1: then it's like oh people love that by
0: the way like they like having clear cut like when am I gonna be at the next level kind of criteria right because really I and I've experienced this as a leader like when they don't know what the next thing is and they don't know what the ideal long-term thing is Mm -hmm. people just get uh, anxiety about their career path and it It could affect your ability to keep people on the Mm -hmm. team.
1: Yeah I mean that's the number one thing that people want especially the younger generation development and people are like well I can't start people off at seven percent because they're never going to come but you show them the career path that is in three months you're going to be moved to eight in six months you're going to be moved to nine or ten so they can see the vision there so that's why I mean if you're going to start them off at seven you've got to paint the picture of more.
0: Awesome, anything else you want to say about, before we move on, um, commission structures being broken?
1: So, I think, like, if you're if you're pulling off, if you're implementing the gross commission structure, it doesn't mean that people are gonna get paid out 10% of the job. So, you still have to have a profit, um, kinda like, safeguard in there. Mm-hmm. So, if that job, Is less than like a thirty percent profit margin. You don't get paid out the full ten percent. You're getting paid out less than that. That's good. Yeah. If the job is sold at more than forty percent, you may get an extra point on the gross. So you still have the profit checks in there. So it is based off profit, but.
0: And that's profit, not in regards to, over inflated overhead. It's like about the job, the specific job. Correct. Because I I will say. Salespeople in roofing have like this objection to any conversation around like the profitability of a job because they believe sometimes owners use it as an excuse to not give them money. Mm. And I, I'm not the main audience of this podcast is not salespeople, mm-hmm. but there is something there where you gotta you don't wanna be doing that that often. If if somebody's really doing Consistent unprofitable jobs.
1: Mm-hmm. Like yeah. They
0: shouldn't be working there. Correct. Basically, I mean you, you have can't to, just sit around and be like, "I'm not paying you commission," you know.
1: Right, so that's constantly. where you're like, you need to have like standards on pricing of what they can sell at. Mm-hmm. So if you've got like set standards, and then you have a great sales manager that's reviewing their jobs and seeing why they're not profitable, there's no reason they can't consistently hit that profit margin. So, but then I like to reward them for upsells. So if like we have like 10% of the gross for a seasoned veteran and then they sell it for more with all their with all the upgrades, then you can give them an extra percentage point.
0: Mm. I like it. I think it's probably cleaner and it's smoother.
1: Way easier. And uh, like sometimes I'll even do if we really want to push like self generation, then it's like okay, we'll get you an extra percentage point for self gen. Yeah. And then it also allows you to really drive a bonus structure. Mm -hmm. Instead of like a 10, 50, 50, you can start with your gross. But if you're hitting this much a month in revenue, you get a bonus. And I like that because it Mm -hmm. keeps it fresh and relevant. Just because you hit, you know, 500,000 and you're at 10% doesn't mean you get to just stay there.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, I also see that happen with like the later in the year when somebody's done all the they they did their 150 personal income. Some people only want to make 150 thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and I understand because there's a certain level of like effort that I don't I'm not willing to do what it takes to make a million dollars personal income right now. Mm-hmm. I, I know that there's things I could do right mm-hmm. to like incre- increase towards that, but there's a certain level of like I want work life balance too, you know. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is that like those last two or three months of the year mm-hmm. where you got somebody stuck, they made 100, their 150000 they made their nut for the year, and then they just, they just relax because they're like, oh, I'm managing jobs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they, they feel, they, they're almost like they won't run leads. They want, you know, there's, what, what do you say about that? Like a, a salesperson that's kind of just stopped. If you're not using company cam, you're in the old ways. You know, if you are taking pictures, you're going through extra steps of having to download them on a computer, having to email them out to people, show somebody, print them out, whatever it is. Company cam has everything you want. Yeah. For the year.
1: I mean, one thing is like managing burnout. Mm -hmm. So, I mean. In a lot of locations, based on the weather, that's going to be like a nine-month selling season. So at the end of the year, a lot of times there is that relaxation portion that people need to feel sustained. Um, But I think that's like, you know, having... You want
0: your people to have relaxation, right?
1: Right. I mean, burnout is like the life cycle of a salesperson is typically two years in roofing because of the burnout.
0: Yeah, how to, okay, that's another aside, but give me, give me a couple minutes on how to help your salespeople avoid burnout.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I think that's where like the culture part comes in, is um, creating a sense of purpose really alleviates the burnout part, because burnout, if you think about some of the reasons that are happening is because they feel like they're pushing and working hard and not cared about as people. So that's going to create like a psychological issue. Like well, I'm working hard and they're not invested in me. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things you can do to to reduce burnout is to create engagement, to create activities that are focused around. Like I had one company, they're doing a retreat where the families are coming there, mm-hmm. like investing in family. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one company like even talking about mental health in the workplace is really important. Um, any type of like stress management activities are great Mm -hmm. and I know that's like not the most manly of things um, but taking consistent It's manly to
0: have good energy. It is. It's manly to like take care of your family and uh, to prioritize that stuff even when you know like I I think of like the 10x mindset in business right Mm -hmm. like doing everything you possibly can and then how can we try to have that same mindset at home and stuff like that mm-hmm. and I mean like it's a it's a competitive culture mm-hmm. it's a really competitive culture, so like most roofing companies, and I think that just even talking about family like even including that in mm-hmm. the way like like another good thing is that sometimes you could create some flexibility in your hours so that they could go to the son's soccer mm-hmm. game or whatever
1: and I think that's like a lot of. You're going to see like an uptick of people leaving corporate and going to more like flexible outside sales roles because of that reason. Mm -hmm. So being able to structure your schedule. And really like every time a new sales rep comes to a company, I have them fill out their goals for like family and relationships, financial. Wow, I love that. um, And career development goals. So that way the sales manager is managing the person, not just an output. Mm-hmm. I think that's where, like, how to alleviate burnout is, okay, you want to make $150,000. Let's let's get you there. This is exactly what it takes. This is, like, your job cycle. We're going to have you, if you want to sell for nine months, let's get you the plan to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, all right, so we talked about the commission structure stuff. Talked about uh, these are things to create better culture, really. Um, how could somebody kind of, start a conversation with you, and is do you have like a free consultation or something like that, how would they do that?
1: Yeah, so I review anybody's commission structure in the industry, it's something that I'm super passionate about, and I know that like that's one of the number one ways to tank your company is the commission structure and the AR process. So I'm open to reviewing anybody's commission structure. On my website, igniteresults.net, I have a place where you can hit Strategy Call. It'll take you right to my calendar, and we can schedule like a thirty-minute call.
0: Well, I love it when people have salespeople for a long period. So mm-hmm. I encourage you guys to check that out. I think like it, it gets bad when you have it over and over again. To every couple of years or every year, you're just seeing like crucial people leave, mm-hmm. and I think like what can we do to slow that down mm-hmm. how can we create a sustainable business model that allows us to invest back in our people mm-hmm. and we aren't just dropping all the money on just the peer every job mm-hmm. so i think like i don't know overhead gets a bad rap that's a funny part about business sometimes and it's like that's the stuff that allows you to do some cultural stuff mm-hmm. All right, Jessica Stahl, everyone, thank you so much for being on, appreciate yeah, that you. Yeah, was awesome. Ignite Results, thank you for watching, see you guys later.